0: Those who bring all that is good and true and beautiful in our ancestral line, I call out to these beings to be with us here today. It is on their shoulders that we stand. It is because they dreamt of a new future that we are here. And because they dreamt us into being, we are dreaming the next future into being. So let us gather here today in a way that will allow that future to be different than the one that we are living now. We thank those ancestors for joining us here today. And reach out from that circle as they gather around us to the earth, to the most ancient ancestor, the first in the line of dreaming that brought life as we know it to this planet. We give thanks to the earth for our home, for the beauty of this home, for the connectedness, the groundedness, the place, the sense of belonging, for that which draws us here, draws us near to each other and allows us to feel connection and oneness with all things. We give thanks to the earth for the great beauty of life all around us, its amazing diversity, and we ask the power of the earth to help us to be grounded, that we might open our hearts ever more fully to life around us in all of its many, many forms. And we reach up from our grounded feet through our hearts, out through our minds, and up to the highest power of the universe, into the realms of the sky, and from above we draw down all the wisdom of the cosmos. We draw into our circle here today generosity and blessings. We draw in protection that we might open our minds and our hearts, open our ears, that we might hear, open our mouths, that we might speak the truth, and to be together in a good way. And we call out to the energies above to simply bring us into the great benevolence of our universe. And finally, we call out to the energy of the heart, that energy in the center that binds us all and connects us all, if we can simply have the courage to use it. We call out to the energy of the heart to open to the passions of each of our bellies, the wisdom of each of our minds, and the clarity there. We draw these energies into the heart that we might each know our purpose. We might each know authentically why we are here, and to use our gathering here today to propel us forward, to bring our gifts to the world. So welcome, everyone. Today our topic is the power of faith. And I thought before we talked about the power of faith, perhaps we should talk about what faith actually is. Because this is an interesting time of year, at least here in America, where people have a tendency actually to want to gather, to connect, to be jovial and in a festive mood. There are lots of parties and carrying on. But at the same time, uh, there's often a prickliness and... Um, a reaction to the fact that one person's holiday is not necessarily another person's holiday. And that there is a, is a sense, even in this time of connection, that our differences flare up and, and people feel ignored and not acknowledged by the dominant energies in our world. And it's just a very, very odd time. But it is a time when people struggle with or enjoy their religion. And there's spirituality. There are many, many different holidays that come with the turning of the year at this time. And so I thought it might be a good time to talk about faith and the power of faith. Because what I would love to do, if possible, in the shows this month, is to give you very, very juicy things to think about, to contemplate, to gestate over the winter, that you might come into the springtime, truly able to emerge as a person that is more authentic, more willing, more courageous of the heart to do whatever it is that you have come into this life to do. And so to begin that series of talking about things that are of deep, deep importance in our lives and are often utterly missed, utterly and completely missed in the education of a contemporary American, we're going to talk about faith. Now, faith, for most people, is tied to religion, and that's problematic, because while religion um, is strong in its philosophy, it can lead to a false sense of knowing, that which cannot really be known. And in this seduction of knowing, it's so satisfying to our minds to know righteousness is so, so safe so in the seduction of knowing religious people people often get divorced or they divorce themselves from the true mystical source of the very religion they feel themselves to be part of or they believe themselves to be part of so if we look over humanity's history let us acknowledge the fact that fighting over faith is one of the main reasons people are fighting it's a very 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 old battle and so What does this really say about the actual faith of the people leading us into battle and those who have led us into battle over over millennia? So what we need to understand is that faith is not fundamentalism in any flavor. Faith opens us. It does not close us. So if we are closing off in the fervor of our religion, we are not in a state of faith, and we are not in a state of grace. So where religion's strength is often its philosophy, its weakness is in its lack of practice. What is the practice of the true mystical essence of the religion? And where is that practice in that contemporary life? So that's a problem. On the other hand, spirituality can be vacuous contemporary spirituality without a philosophy or some kind of central organizing principle that explains why life works the way that it does. Because to basically live your life supposedly entirely on faith or good vibes or always seeing the positive side of things is delusionary thinking, frankly. And it is not actual faith. It's a whole bunch of denial of reality and denial of self to go through life that way. That in the long run, and mark my words on this, it really isn't going to work for you as a contemporary person to just cobble together the parts of everyone else's practices that you like and the parts that make you feel good. You know, the meditations, the journeys, the chants. Just pick the things that make you feel good and leave out all of the parts of all of these traditions that ask you to look deeply at yourself. To refuse to turn towards our deep inner self is not going to allow anyone to live a life of faith, a life of beauty, a life of strength of heart. So where the strength of of spirituality is the freedom in it to find what is real for you, the weakness is the lack of a philosophy or an organizing principle, but also the lack of a practice, the lack of the rigor to look deeply at yourself. So my point in all of this is simply that faith is not tied to religion or spirituality. Faith exists as an energy, as a state of being entirely in and of itself, and that one experience that I had actually in my recent life. So this is long after shamanic initiation and trainings and years and years of clients and years and years of teaching, I got to a place where in my own practice, it became clear that one of the fundamental sort of pillars of my life that kind of keeps the sky up there and the earth down there, this fundamental pillar at the core of my life, that, that define for me my own internal sense of integrity, which is a very high value for me in my life. I'm not saying that's right or wrong. I'm just saying that's what's true for me. And this pillar, truly, that kept my up-up and my down-down was now questioned, was now being questioned by what was being exposed to me through my own, the rigor of my own personal practice. And what this means, frankly, if the pillow that holds the up, up, and the down, down starts to crumble, the, everything feels as if it's falling apart. And it's not like I haven't had everything fall apart before, so it was pretty scary. And so in this despair that I was feeling that my life was falling apart, I felt was reaching really out from my core and asking everyone that I trusted, you know, if not this, then what? You know, if if this isn't integrity, then what is, and, it, and if integrity isn't, you know, the core of, you know, what? And what I came to understand is that not only did nobody know the answer to my questions, that I was asking questions we cannot know. We cannot know the answer before stepping forward. That was the question my practice had brought, type of question my practice had brought me to. And in that I realized that my life was simply asking me for faith, And that I realized in that that I do know how to do that. And I simply let go. I let go of the struggle. I let go of the confusion. I let go of the asking. I even let go of the question. And in that letting go, I felt again what I learned at the core of my own shamanic initiation, which is that faith is free fall. It is the liquid state of grace in which all change is possible. And so in that moment of release, of surrender, of not needing to know, I essentially stopped stopping. I stopped asking. I stopped waiting for the answer. And I simply stepped into the not knowing, into the void, into the darkness, into the great mystery with faith that whatever was necessary would come. Now, that's a little bit easier for me to do now than it was the first time that I had to confront this. But the truth is, it's never really easy. It's scary. But that is the point about the power of faith, is if we know that we have the capacity for faith, then we are able in life when it is required to let the struggle go. Let the question go, let the need for the answer to go, and to step into the unknown. Because in those moments where faith is required, it is the only thing that will allow you to move forward. Every other option takes you back, takes you back into the self you have been, takes you back into what you already know, takes you back into that version of yourself that is now that much more based on fear. And so this is the ultimate and deep true power of faith. It is, a, it is the thing, the state of being, that allows us to step out of who we have been into that which we do not know. And it allows us then to step out of a fear-based life into a life based on something else. And so that is what we are here to talk about today, is the power of faith. What it takes, what it is, and what stands in the way of contemporary people from feeling it, and why you should bother to contemplate whether or not you have the capacity in your life for true faith. So I hope you'll join me after this break, and I thank you all for being with me. Welcome back, everyone. This is Why Shamanism Now and your host, Christina Pratt. And today we're talking about the power of faith. Now, I could have the power of faith that this show is just going to keep being on the air um, if nobody does anything, but that would be delusional thinking, as I was talking about earlier. What I need for this show, what we need to do for this show to stay on the air is for everyone listening, be it live today, um, available to call in or email me if you have a question, or through the downloads to send the connection, the link to this show to at least one other person who would be interested, or more, if you know more people who are interested and you just haven't bothered to send that link yet. Because unless we create a greater, greater web of life around this show, we're not going to be able to keep it available to you. So please do your best to let the people you know and love know about the show one way or another, to help them to connect with the links and the downloads and find a way to connect with the show itself so that we can continue to have these afternoon conversations or whatever time of day you happen to download the show and listen. So today, we're talking about faith. And I have this saying that I have shared with you already, which is that um, faith is freefall. It is a liquid state of grace in which all change is possible. So what do I mean about li- by liquid state of grace? Now, this, this saying, that's a quote from my own life, and it's part a big part of my teachings, it's really important because, again, it divorces faith from its bondage to religion or spirituality, and it brings it back into the true heart of the matter, which is, which is that every single one of us has the potential for faith. But the question is, are are you developing the capacity in yourself, in your life, for faith? And why should you bother? Because without it, we cannot truly change. That is the point of the show today. So let's see if we can get there. So liquid state of grace, back to this idea. Faith is the liquid state of grace in which all change is possible. What does that mean? Well, for those of you that did not pay attention in chemistry... Matter changes states of being from a solid to a liquid to a gas state, just to simplify this, and and it's all that really matters for us today, and then basically um, the change of states have, has to do with temperature and pressure. In other words, if you freeze water, it turns solid into ice, and you warm it up, it turns into a liquid, and you heat it even further, and it begins to vaporize into steam or gas. So we know this. Now, the truth is, though, being a human is a lot about being cooked by life, if you're paying any attention. And so there is things raise our temperature and things raise in pressure in our lives. And so we also are beings of matter, and we do move through states of being solid, liquid, and gaseous. Now, this is the trick. When we are too solid, our little molecules move so slowly that when they do actually contact each other, nothing really happens. We're a bit rock-like, and things don't change very quickly. Now, there's nothing wrong with being a rock. Rocks certainly have their own wisdom, but as a human wanting to change and transform in life, moving at the speed of a rock is a problem for most things. So it doesn't, well, moving at the speed of a rock is a problem if you want to change or transform. We'll put it that way. So there's not a lot of change that happens very quickly in in a solid phase. Now, in a gaseous phase, there's lots of movement. The molecules are moving all over the place, but they are moving so fast, they're ricocheting off each other, and they're not actually creating any new molecules as they come together. So there's a lot of activity, but not a lot of change or transformation. And for any of you who are living a typical spiritual contemporary life, You are running around in your job, you're running to yoga class, you're running to meditation class, you're running to your therapist, you're running to your body worker, you're running to the gym, you're trying to pick your kids up at soccer, and trying to actually maybe have some food on the table. So you're running all over the place. But is there any actual change or transformation happening? Too gaseous, ungrounded, unable to have the molecules of who you are come together in a way that creates change. So this is the beauty of liquid in this context is that in the liquid state, the molecules are moving fast enough for lots of potential change to be happening. But the molecules are also moving slowly enough that when they connect with each other, they actually can come together to make a new molecule. So change happens um, at the highest frequency in a liquid state. And so this is... The beauty of faith, it allows us to move from our highly organized state of who we were, which is usually a bit too solid, into a state of grace, of liquid, where we are able to move and transform and to change. Thus, the liquid state of grace. Now, given that, with that in mind, this liquid idea, we also need to clarify a couple other things. Faith is not trust, nor is it belief. Why? Well... Think about it this way. To believe in things like all things are connected or all things are one, everything is energy, these ideas that are, or beliefs, that are at the core of shamanic traditions and also at the core of science right now, what science is describing about how our world works energetically. One has to have faith and trust to believe those things because they're not apparent. We can't, and many of them, we can't even prove. Um, but, so we must have faith and trust prior to being able to hold on to those beliefs. Okay. So, faith and belief are not the same thing. So, the other thing is trust. Okay, I trust my helping spirits. I trust certain people in my life. I also trust certain other people to behave in an untrustworthy way. Um, but I don't have faith in any of them. I don't have faith in my helping spirits. I trust them. I am in a dynamic relationship with them. I'm in a dynamic relationship with people in my life, but I don't have faith in those people. I trust them. But I have to have faith to even enter into relationship with any being, with or without a body. I have to have faith to go from that safe place within myself across that void between me and another being. And so I have to have faith to make a friend, to make a connection, to open to relationships. So again, faith is here prior to the capacity for trust. And so my experience of faith is that it is really at the core of our being that faith moves where our soul moves in relationship with the big soul or the oneness or whatever you want to call that energy with the thing that knowledge can't eat, or in shamanism, the great mystery. Then, what allowed me to pass through the crux of my initiation experience into shamanism was that I was capable of faith. Um, and it wasn't... What was important at that time was that I understood that it wasn't that I had faith that mattered, didn't you know? So, if my answer to the helping spirits were, "Well, why not?" and I would say, "Because I have faith," their response was, "Well, in what?" And my response that moved me through my initiation was that it doesn't matter. It doesn't actually matter what we have faith in. What matters is that we have cultivated within ourselves the capacity for faith, and this is the challenge you know as a contemporary person i succeeded well in life with the power of my mind i'm smart and i work the system and it works great for smart people and that was all that i really knew and all that i really believed in at the time of my initiation into shamanism i didn't have a big picture of the universe that was different than any other everyday ordinary contemporary american person And I believed in what my mind had gotten me in life. And so, in my initiation experience, spirit blew past all that brain stuff really fast. And all I can say about that is I was smart enough to realize that being smart wasn't going to matter in this experience. Now, if I'd read Joseph Campbell, I would have known that one is always stripped of everything that is a gift or is powerful or what you have cultivated up into that moment of initiation. They always go into your initiation naked. Um, even that which we trust is usually taken from us or questioned at that time of initiation, regardless of what you're being initiated into. But see, the thing is, I never read Joseph Campbell, so I didn't really know that. So we, we only have the things at that moment of transformation that cannot be taken from us, that which is in in our heart, at our essence, and our capacity for faith is our capacity to step then into the void. That's what can't be taken from us is that innovation, that creativity, that willingness to, to take that step out of all that is known, out of all that has been experienced, against all instinct, against all fear against everything, to simply step into the void and to allow, to surrender what has been for the possibility of allowing what could be, knowing the very possible feeling is how it feels in a true moment of faith and initiation into the next version of yourself is that you will die. And it's the willingness to step into the void anyway. This is faith. Faith is not simple. Faith is not defined by others. Faith is not spoon-fed to you. And the only way that faith grows in life is that it is broken. And you must fight in your life to find it again. Fight through your fear. Fight through your heartbreak. Fight through your pain. Fight through your longing. Fight through all that makes you want to give up and go back home. That faith, the faith that is true, strong faith, that is not blind faith, is the faith you must grow up and fight for. And that is the faith that we are talking about here today. Not the faith that got spoon-fed to you as a child, but the one that got broken and you had to fight to find it again. And so this is the faith we are talking about, and we'll continue this afternoon. If you join us again, with talking about the power of that faith. And what is necessary to bring it to bear in your life. Thank you all for joining me today. Welcome back everyone. This is Why Shamanism Now. This is your host, Christina Pratt. And today we are talking about the power of faith in the hopes that you might consider faith and your capacity for faith as you go into the winter time and spend time thinking about those things that are important to you. Because it is my hope that everyone who listens to the show will attend to themselves this winter time and somewhere in this winter to mark the passing from one cycle to another and to use something that you've learned that moved you on this show to step forward into the next cycle of your life in a new way with just a bit more courage in your heart and a stronger sense of your own authenticity and your own uniqueness in the gifts that you bring to the world. So our topic today is faith and what is it and how to not be afraid to use it, basically. Okay, so from the last section of our show, we got to the void. So here we are. We're at the void. So let's imagine that we're all here together. Everyone is facing their own personal change or transformation that you just can't quite surrender to. You're facing that knowing in your heart that you, you know you need to do, but you just can't quite take that action. So here we are, each one of us facing the void in our life. So let's get our bearings here for a minute. So as soon as we talked about faith and we said that faith is not belief and that uh, what we believe that we know, that these things are the things that actually keep us out of faith, so once we said this is not about faith is not about belief and it's not you don't strengthen your faith by knowing the right things right so when we do do that when we accept that we've left the logic of the mind the next thing about faith facing that void and thinking about stepping in your heart says no don't go there don't go into the unknown don't love again i'll break so don't do it So we've also left, facing the void, we've left the logic of the heart. And the body, don't go there, you're going to die. The ego really likes this part and joins in. So there's a great chorus in the body. Do not go there. It is dark, it is unknown, you will die. So don't do it. So we've now left the logic of the body as well. So we've abandoned all logic, all experience all that we know from our life experience. To step into the void means, then, that we step into the realm of crazy logic. Now, we had a great show about this back on July 29th, for those of you that need to download it and go back and listen to it. But for now, we're going to forge ahead. Faith, to surrender to faith and step into the realm of faith, to enter that state of grace is to enter the realm of crazy logic. Whenever you need to do something based on faith, it doesn't seem practical. It doesn't make sense. You can't explain why to anyone that when we are acting on faith, it doesn't follow those logics, and it and it sends up all the red flags. Danger! 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 Will Robinson, don't go there. Right? That that to, to surrender in and of itself sends up red flags in our culture, in, in American culture. So what we need to understand and accept right from the get-go is that faith and the state of grace we access only by willing to step into faith, only by developing our capacity for faith, that state of grace that allows all change and transformation to happen, absolutely critical to truly be a person of transformation. That state of grace can only be accessed if you are willing to forego all logic and move into the realm of crazy logic. We're doing the impractical, the um, unknown, the unwanted is exactly the right next thing to do. And the thing about the void, when we face the void in our life, we must act, we must It's that place in that wonderful Indiana Jones movie where Harrison Ford, or Indiana, steps out into nothing, and all of his senses tell them there is nothing here, but there is a bridge that remains completely invisible. Okay. So when we face the void, when we are asking ourselves to change or transform, we must step into that realm of faith, into that liquid state of grace in which all change is possible, Some would say, no, 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 you face the void, you can just be, just be, just sit, just be. But when you face the void, in those moments of life, if you choose to just be, you are choosing to stay where you are, the doorway to all possible futures is open to you. The doorway to the next and better version of yourself is open to you. And you are choosing to just be. You're saying this is good enough. And in that moment, while I know there are great world traditions based on just being, but in that moment when you face the void, to just be is an act of cowardice. You must use all the greatness cultivated through your meditative practice to act and to step into that void. And you also need to understand, and again, if you all have already read Joseph Campbell, you already know this, but for me, you know, it was news. You always step naked into the void. You always go naked to yourself and the universe if you're going to come to know a truer sense of yourself. So what is then the power of faith? Without the power of faith, without the capacity for faith, we cannot change or transform. Because we cannot do the unknown, and anything that is a change or truly a transformation is the unknown to us in the moment we're asked to do it. Now, while this is obvious, I think, if it's a big change, a big life change, we can see, oh, I'm facing the unknown, how could I possibly move and change jobs and blah, 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 how will I do that? Well, that's kind of obvious. But understand, this is true even on the molecular level in your head, that as you think thoughts and you think the same thought over and over and over and over again, which we all do, you lay down, you myelinate the pathways. You make it easier then to think that old thought than to actually find the way through your head for a new thought. And so what that means is if you want to think a new thought, you're going to have to send a neurotransmitter across a tiny gap between neurons in your head that hasn't been crossed before. That's not easy. There's no myelin there. It's a new connection. You haven't thought this thought before. And there is a gap. Minuscule. But there is a gap. And when you are trying to think a new thought, to become a new person, to conceive of your life in a new way, that little gap between neurons might as well be the Grand Canyon. Because... Do not mistake this. That is the void. When you have never thought that thought before, that is the void. And it is as terrifying to think that new thought and step in your little neurotransmitters across that void as it is to step off the cliff in your life when you need to. And so this is the reason we must cultivate faith, so that every moment, be it a minuscule neuron moment in our mind, or a great big life transformation, when we come to that cliff and we need to step off, we do not back away, we do not paralyze in fear, and we do not stand there and wait for someone else to come and push us. It is your life. It is your responsibility And when you are faced by the cold terror of the void, of the unknown, of the great mystery, step off, open your heart. You will be amazed. But the truth is, you have wings. I know that sounds corny, but it's true. You cannot change or transform in life following the logic of the mind the logic of the heart, or the logic of the body. You must be willing in those moments where you let go of the old and surrender to the unknown. It's not that you get to let go of the old. You're holding it with one hand, and you reach out and grab the new with the other. It doesn't work that way. And if you are waiting for that, so you've got basically a hand in the old and a hand in the new at the same time, so it's a nice, safe transition, it doesn't work that way. If that's a safe transition, the fact is you haven't changed anything. It's just a new version of the old thing. And how many of you have fell in love with a new version of the old thing? Right? We've all done that. It's a safe transition. There's no void. There's no fear. There's no faith required. If those things are not required, it is not a change, and it is certainly not a transformation. You need to cross the void, be it that synapse in your mind or a great life change or any dimension in between. You must cultivate the capacity to step into the void, to acknowledge the void as the generative force, the generative source of all things, where all change, everything is possible, but nothing is yet in form. That is the void. And to be a contemporary person open to transformation, a willingness to move forward in your life in a better and better version of yourself, better meaning, more and more accurate expression of your soul's purpose, more and more joyful expression of your unique genius in the world, more and more abundant offering of your gifts in this life to become that person, to spend your life living as that person, you must be willing to meet the void, knees knocking if you must, and step anyway into the void, naked, without all that you've known, and willing to open to what will come. So we're moving into a break now, and we'll continue in the last section of our show to talk about what are the hazards that keep people from cultivating a rich, passionate, loving relationship with faith and the void. Thank you all for joining me here today. Welcome back, everyone. This is your host, Christina Pratt, and today on Wise Shamanism Now, we are talking about the power of faith. We are talking about faith as a state of grace in and of itself, utterly disconnected from religion or spirituality. And while I think that people would perhaps say that it is their religion or their spirituality that strengthens their faith, I'm not actually sure that's accurate. I'm not going to say that it's not, but that has not been my experience. My experience is that faith only grows through being broken, not through repeating the same thing over and over again, but that the faith that I have is challenged by my life, that it gets broken by something, and that it opens. It's, like, it's as if faith has to be opened somehow for it to grow into that space that gets created, as those two, two halves are cleaved, that the faith emerges into that space. So my experience is that the path of faith, the path of the growth of faith, is that it is lost. It is broken. It is lost and found again. And in the finding of it, again, you are transformed. The faith is transformed. But it is strengthened. Now with that said, I do believe that you can exercise faith to a certain extent. That you can meet these moments in life where you are asked, To have faith, to be in a state of faith. And that if you can recognize it for what it is and jump in, that it strengthens faith because you jump in, you cross the void, deposits you on some new shore, you recognize where you are and think, huh, this is exactly what I asked for, although it looks nothing like what I thought, imagined it would be. Right? I mean, that's what happens when we move through the void we get out to the other side, we shake ourselves off, we figure out what the hell's going on, we get our bearings and we realize, "Huh. This is exactly what I asked for, although it has absolutely no relationship to how I imagined it to be." This is what faith does for us, and I think that our faith, our sense of our faith can be strengthened by exercising it, certainly. But ultimately, as we move through the bigger stages of growth and transformation in our life, faith must get lost or broken and found again. And I believe that this truly is how we strengthen faith. And so it's important to recognize that when your faith is lost, when your faith is broken, if you abandoned your religion and faith all whole hogs threw the baby out with bathwater. It may be time for you to investigate, not necessarily your religion can I don't really care what you do with your religion but that you investigate your capacity for faith, that you take that back from however it got told to you, and you find your own relationship with it. You, you let that thing which has been lost, you go find it. Because if you want to be an engaged and conscious person in the world, you must have the capacity for faith. So let's go back to my story, not the initiation story, but the story of me having my crisis as my pillar of integrity is being pulled out from underneath me or from the midst of my life by the power, the revelation, really, of my own personal practice. Everything around me is telling me this needs to go, and I don't really know how to deal with that. So I'm driving in the car on the freeway, I 5 out here in Oregon, at about 74 miles an hour because that pretty much keeps you from hitting the trigger in the police radar. So I'm flying down the freeway at dusk, 75 miles an hour, hands-free cell phone, talking to my counsel, and in, in real world, <laughs> talking, asking why, you know, if not this, if this isn't integrity, what is it? You know, I've built my whole life around this, my whole teaching around this, my whole shamanic practice around this sense of integrity. If not this, what? And I am gnashing, and I am crying, and I am despairing. If not this, What? And a little voice in my head that actually is remembering my teaching says to me, you are addicted to the need to know. You need to know what before you'll let go of what has been. And I went, oh, I get it. I get it. So in my teachings, the need to know, the addiction to the need to know, means that I must step into warriorship, open my heart, and await the wisdom. That's what that means in my teachings. So then that circles me back around to the fact to do that, given the state of despair that I'm in, it will require nothing less than faith. And so in that moment, 74 miles an hour, flying down the freeway, screaming on the phone, gnashing, crying, despairing, when I realize that, that what is required of me in this moment is faith, what do I do? I hang up on the person that I'm talking to, And I let go. As I'm driving, flying down the freeway, I just start letting go, surrendering to everything that I think that I know about integrity, about these issues on fire in my life. Just let them all go. It's like they're peeling off, like, like layers of paint peeling off the car, flying off on the freeway as I'm driving, 75, 74 miles an hour, flying down the freeway, letting it go. By the time I arrive at my destination, I am naked, I know nothing, but I have surrendered to all of it. I'm ready now to face the void, the unknown in my life. And this is one of the main reasons contemporary people do not actually experience faith. Because as contemporary people in America, at least, we have grown unwilling to surrender. Unwilling to truly let go. And you know what, people? The spirit world is not going to come rip it out of your hands. You have to let go. In the end, at that final moment, you have to let go. And you know what? You can die, literally, from your unwillingness to let go. And what we need to come to understand as contemporary Western-minded people is that surrender can be an act of true power. Vulnerability is an act of power, and uncertainty is an act of power, and these qualities are all part of that state of grace, of faith. The other reason contemporary people falter in the ability to experience true faith is our incredible contemporary fear of not knowing. We are so addicted to the need to know, and because of that, we lack any kind of real relationship with the great mystery. With the unknown and with the delight in knowing that there is an aspect of our world that cannot be known. In that mystery is the delight of life. And yet we beat that off with our brain sticks. And so, what we must understand going forward is that the true power of faith is that it opens the door for all real change and transformation.
1: So in the original show, I said, without cultivating the capacity for faith, the world would stay exactly as it is. So what if you, a humble listener to this show, decided today that things have to change? They can't stay exactly as they are. What if we decided now to change the world so that it became the world our hearts know is possible? So what would you do? If you, were just using, if, you, if you were just using what you have available, to you through Y Shamanism now, which is, of course, not what you're all limited to. But the first thing is you would step into the Basics of Living Well series and you would take those three challenges. And I still get emails from people that have taken those challenges, one of them, and completely changed their lives. And so you would cultivate a true grounding cord. The challenge in that show, these are all in the series called Basics of Living Well. The challenge in that show is 30 days cultivating your grounding. Um, The next show is about your boundaries and cultivating healthy boundaries that allow you to engage in a range of relationships, in a range of environments. I mean, think back to the show that we just did on being a highly skilled wounded child. This is not about controlling the world so that you don't get your feelings hurt. This is about becoming, having healthy boundaries and um, engaging in a range of relationships and a range of situations without getting your little feelings hurt. That's healthy boundaries. And then the third part of the Basics of Living Well uh, series is about protection, being aware of your inner landscape, your inner self and the felt sense of your inner self relative to the outer world and um, your ability to move through the day with a sense of protection and how do you use shamanic skills to cultivate protection. So in other words, if you, if you really wanted to change what is going on in the world, the first step any one of us as a human needs to take is we need to take these steps so that we can stop leaking energy. It's not just about you feeling better about yourself. It's about you taking responsibility to stop leaking your energy and your unresolved issues into the world so the world doesn't have to reflect that back to you. And so you don't annoy your friends and loved ones. So then the next thing is, first you've chosen to stop leaking your energy into the world. So the next thing is to choose to cultivate the quality of energy that you are radiating out into the world, to choose to live in a way that cultivates these powers we've been talking about in these shows we're rerunning, the power of joy, the power of gratitude, the power of faith, and next week, the power of blessing. So, you cultivate these powers within yourself because everyone has an equal right and ability to access these powers. They are accessible to humans equally. Rank, privilege, and power that are defined culturally don't play a part in this. So, cultivate these powers. Um, so, for me, the next step, the third step, was to develop an emotional clearing practice. And this is the clearing practice that I teach. The next class will be in September. I personally think everybody needs that. That's my opinion. Moving on, though. So once you choose to stop leaking and you choose to be the energy that you want to see in the world, then you have to choose what to do. And for me, this is where the faith comes in. So these are the things I take as articles of faith because of my shamanic practice. The dark unknown is the place from which all life comes. I take this as an article of faith. And if I am to be effective in the world, then I must have a personal relationship with that unknown. Number two, that faith is free fall. And to have faith, I must have a personal relationship with the dark unknown. The next thing I take on faith is that I was born for this time because I chose this time. I chose all the dynamics of who I would be in this time. And I chose all of these dynamics, whether I'm male, female, gay, straight, black, white, Hispanic, Asian, whatever, what all the dynamics are. I chose them so that I would be provoked by my time to become the person I was born to be. And I was born to be the medicine for my time, as is true, equally true, for everyone else here with me. And that it will require faith again and again to surrender to who I am, to surrender who I am for who I could become so that I can be that medicine. And this is equally true for all of us. Faith is power. Cultivate it.
0: That's it. And so this is the power of faith. Without it, the world will stay exactly as it is. All right. And
1: it is now August 2016. And people around the world are challenged by crisis levels of racism and systemic hatred, war and warmongers, creating refugees and a scarcity of refuge, self-serving politics and a dearth of true leadership around the globe. So what are we to do? So we have talked on this show for years about becoming the new people who can write a new story for the new world. So let's begin now to be those people. It is time for us to pick up our power. Joy, gratitude, faith, and blessings are all powers that we each possess. They are not things life gives us. They are not tied to rank or to privilege or to circumstances. They are each powers that we cultivate from within. Joy arises when we have been accountable to ourselves. When we listen to our inner voice and allow the person within to shape us, not the forces of the world around us or our worry or stress about those outer forces. Joy positions us to know our shadow and transform it. It positions us to take our shadow out of the collective shadow of unconscious hatred and fear. Joy arises when we have been truly accountable to our inner self. So gratitude is a choice to see beyond the surface of instant gratification. Gratitude is when we orient towards that attitude, that perspective in the world to see what we are grateful for. And in that, we are then forced out of unconscious entitlement. And for those who do enjoy rank, privilege, and power culturally, but don't think about it, then your entitlement is unconscious. And it's important for us to recognize that where we position ourselves unconsciously in that entitlement, in that privilege we orient ourselves 180 degrees away from gratitude and so gratitude the practice of gratitude allows us all to turn in to the real energies that are around us to see under the surface and to engage with what is really going on in our world and once we do that We can see the effects of our own internalized sexism or racism or any of the other systems or hatred or fear that we are unconsciously participating in. So faith is the power to stand in the unknown with the uncertainty and the discomfort and to take a new step forward anyway and then another and then another even though it's still not comfortable. It's the power to do what hasn't been done. It's the power to do what feels impossible. And there is a lot in the world right now that feels impossible. And yet we are the people born into this time. So faith gives us the power to do what hasn't been done. Without the capacity for faith and, frankly, barrels of it, we will not be able to be the change that we seek. Blessings are the power to give life and protection to what is new and uncertain. Blessings give strength to that which doesn't have strength yet. To give it time... Blessings give that which doesn't have strength yet time to become the new story that will shape the new world. How often does the new rise up only to be torn down before it can actually take root and grow? So to receive blessings is to have the power of vulnerability to be part of something larger than you are. So the power of blessings are to give blessings, and the power of blessings is to receive blessings. So I'm rerunning these four shows today, right now, this month in August, as an answer to the question, what are we to do in our world today? I'm running these shows so that we can really look at how do we pick up our power in a way that allows us to address the challenges of our time effectively and creatively and honestly. So let's begin by cultivating the powers that we all have access to no matter our circumstances. Let's begin by moving into our humanity That place in which we are all equal. And to cultivate the powers that are equally accessible to all of us there. And then let's begin to shore up our own power in the world. Let's begin by cultivating the powers that we have access to. Joy, gratitude, faith, and blessing. So that we can step into those moments and ask the questions that start the conversations that need to be started. That we can use our privilege to touch those daily moments of injustice where we experience it at the grocery store, in the parking lot. That we need to not only ground, have boundaries, begin to stop leaking energy, but we then need to cultivate the power to do things in the world, to change the status quo, and to do it in a way that is actually going to create something different. Joy does not require happiness. That We all have access to joy because it is about our relationship with our true and deep self. Gratitude is not a luxury for people who get what they want. Gratitude isn't about, oh, gee, I got everything I wanted today at the grocery store. That gratitude um, is simply a requirement for anyone who wants the help of spirit. And anyone who wants to address that which appears impossible needs the help of spirit. So faith does not require religion. And I would say at this time on this planet that it is possible that religion-based faith in and of itself is part of the problem but that human beings themselves need the capacity for faith, not in a religion, but simply faith itself, that ability to stand in the unknown and be uncertain and to go forward anyway. And I think in many, many ways, people that know the capacity of faith that is not bound to religion in many ways have a stronger sense of faith one that can, is more resilient and endures the great changes that need to happen in our time. And blessings are a way to give life to that which you value, to give it strength and to help it to survive and to thrive. So when we turn our attention to something and we engage in it, we offer it energy, we offer it belief, and we might even offer it blessings. And so human beings need to become very conscious of what they choose to pay attention to, what they choose to believe in, and most importantly, what they choose to bless. So these inner powers are available to all of us, but they must be cultivated. It is very easy to turn our back on gratitude, on faith, on blessings, and on joy. It's very easy to reach for something simpler it's like reaching for the junk food when you're stuck on the couch instead of getting up to make a real dinner it's very very much like that so these inner powers must be cultivated and when they are they fill us with grace so a person empowered by this grace and any person any human being can access these powers and cultivate grace in their own life the grace of their own joy their own gratitude for life their own faith, and the grace of blessings, of giving blessings, and of being blessed. So a person empowered by this grace is a person who has cultivated uh, a way to be empowered, to take action in the world in new ways, ways that were not familiar or comfortable to them before. So I ask us all to start now to lead your own life as you wish your elected leaders would lead you. Stop waiting for someone else to do it for you. Start now to live your own life as you wish others would live. Start now to teach by example. Stop arguing on Facebook, yelling at the TV, complaining about other people, and looking outside of yourself. Cultivate grace. Lead from grace, live from grace, and teach others how to touch these four powers within themselves and cultivate their own grace. So what if everyone around the world who listens to this radio show, just this one humble radio show, were to cultivate the grace of joy, of gratitude, of faith, and blessings, over this next month what if we became the people of power right now by cultivating each of these powers that are equally accessible to all people within ourselves what if you a listener to this show became the person that gives others hope became the person that inspires others by example what if you through that grace became the answer to life's prayer, the prayer that you were born into this life to be the answer to. To so have gratitude to the earth below, the sky above, the ancestors that gather around all of us in their human and non-human forms, and to the hearts that unite us all. May you all go out in this week and have the courage to use your heart.